After what seems to have been an incredibly long and severe winter, I'm happy to say spring is busting out all over. Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of April the 1st, 2010. Happy April Fool's Day, and um, I agree, we've really seen the signs lately that spring has arrived. I know, just I've enjoyed hearing the birds sing and seeing buds on our little, um, on our fruit trees in the orchard. That's been fun. Even that stubborn LSU gold finally got a couple of buds on it. I That's noticed the, uh, the biggest change after we were gone from the farm for about three days, I guess. We had uh, the wedding of a childhood friend of Adrian's to attend, and when we got back, boy, we could surely see the change. I know. It was just, uh, it's what happens when you're gone for a while, even if it's a couple of days, you, you notice um, the changes. And really, the weather did start to warm up considerably, because that day we left for her for Charity's wedding, Charity Perkle McDaniel, and shout out to her and offer our congratulations to her and Blake on their New marriage. Um, but after we came back after three or four days in, in North Georgia, where it was cool most of the time. Yes, and it and was. when we left here, it was cool and, and rainy. Uh, it was like a sudden walk into the spring world. It was wonderful. And, you know, we've both grown up listening to Carousel and that song, June is Busting Out All Over. Well, we don't wait around for June here at Longleaf Breeze. No, by the time June comes, Busting out will not be, <laughs> I think. It's just hot. It'll just be hot. That's right. Yeah. So it's, it was, it's gratifying to see all the green sprouting. I always remember what your mother said, Lee. Um, Winifred Borden, my beloved mother-in-law, whom I miss a lot, and actually could give us a lot of guidance about planting because she, um, she loved gardening and was really good at it, knew a lot. But uh, she used to, every in so many springs I'd hear her say, Oh, you can't believe it. After all we've done to this old world, it's finally coming back to life in the spring. And so that was her kind of her mantra in the spring was it's, it is coming back to life. We don't seem to be able to kill it. And this old world around Longleaf Breeze is coming back to life. I told you the other day I had become concerned that the wild persimmon tree might have something happen to it. But... Uh, it's budding now, so that's a relief, and uh, we hear a lot of birds out as we walk around on the farm, which is fun. We're careful to keep as many trees as we can, so we've got good habitat for birds all over the place, and you can just hear them chirping and fussing and carrying on, and um, it's just a lot of fun to walk around outside. And and some of the habitat actually is right here in the barn. Apparently, the family of bluebirds lives here right in our pole barn. Adrian noticed that when she was visiting last week. So. And we are sort of uh, the the hub of traffic. We see birds not just flying around the barn, but flying through the barn. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're sort of a, a gathering place for them. But, hey, you know, it's not unpleasant, so... And with spring come 
the bugs. That's that's not pleasant. We've had a few bugs um, sort of infest the screen porch area, and we've done some sweeping up there because what happens, obviously, is they get in there and they get trapped and they die. Um, but we've not yet seen the onslaught of bugs outside. I'm sure right. that'll come. That'll come. So far, we've not had a big problem with mosquitoes or flies or anything like that, but we've spent enough summers in Alabama to know what's headed our way. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, we finished the deer fence this oh, week. Oh, that felt so good. That happened on Monday. No, was it Tuesday? Must was that have been Tuesday. Tuesday, yes, because Adrian, our announcer, was here visiting us and was a lot of help. She helped us uh, with just managing the, the last portion of the screening, and she actually did some of the clipping, and, you know, I know you've gotten some footage of that, so we may end up posting Yeah, we put her to site. work, so you'll see her working, and you'll also see the results of her work, because she did a lot of work with the camera while you and I were working. Yeah, so we, we got it finished. We have a little nipping and tucking to do. We have a few little places we need to go back and put some um, more stakes, I think, um, at the at the ground level, and maybe even... Uh, smooth out where you know where the um, gate closes the the closure apparatus I guess you'd call that the it's mm -hmm. like any typical gate that hooks down over the opposing pole there is some of the deer fence uh, it's like chicken wire that's coated uh, that that we need get to trim away. away. Yeah, we need to trim that, that away. The hardware meets the post, and but, we will do that. But those are such small potatoes compared to getting it up. Yay. And they don't interfere with the essential fact that we have our perimeter secure now. Right. And that's really what has been holding us back. So now that the perimeter is secure, we begin thinking about planting. Yes, because all the seeds have arrived, and most of the uh, other things. I did order some potatoes that haven't come yet, but other than that, we're we're good to go. We're sitting on we're sitting envelopes on. and envelopes yes, of seeds we that are. <laughs> are ready to be planted. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to need to know where to plant them, and you and I probably have half a day ahead of us to lay out exactly where we're going to have rows, the places where tr plants grow, and where we're going to have aisles, places where we can walk. Right. Because our, um, our plan is never to have human feet stand on the rows. It'll be uh, you and I and the company will walk on the aisles and leave the rows clear for the plants. We also hope there will be no animal feet on, on those rows. That's true. Well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll have some little critters in there, but uh, we hope that the deer fence helps us with the main two threats here in central Alabama, which are deer and rabbits. Right. Um, and we certainly hope that uh, we have taken care of that. Good Friday is historically, customarily, by mythology and by assumption, the day to plant your first garden in the springtime, and that's tomorrow. So... So we um, hope to be doing that. That's a big day for us. It's been interesting to me. As you know, I spend a lot of time on that Gardening Organically group on Yahoo, and it's interesting to hear all of the perspectives on the folklore about when to plant your spring garden. 
uh, it ranges all the way from uh, Valentine's Day, St. Patrick's Day, Good Friday, Easter, two weeks after Easter, Memorial Day. I mean, it just goes, and, and it's all a reflection of where your climate is and, and when you can depend on not having a frost. Our late frost day, that is the latest date on which frost is recorded, is April 17. So um, we're, we're in good shape. Right. We um, hope it won't be one of those years. <laughs> and I guess our plan this year, unlike what we did last year, um, is to hold out some of the seed and plant it in waves. So that it's not all ready to harvest at exactly the same time. And do you know now what your plan is for what, what we're going to plant on Good Friday and what we're going to hold out? Well, the main crops I thought about holding out would be, uh, I think last year we tried, we failed so miserably with the corn, but corn could be planted in waves, I'm thinking. Um, lettuces. And, of course, you know, the thing is, if it gets too hot, the lettuce is not going to thrive. So we may not want to do that right now, but... Certainly in the fall, I know you do that. Do that, but the other, um, I, we got the blue potatoes that I ordered from Seed Savers Exchange yesterday, and I noticed that that um, the instructions there said that you could actually um, plant a second crop as late as June fifteenth. So probably that one, the the blue potatoes, I will okay. do in waves. Yeah. All right. Um. And as we plant, I'm excited that we will be getting our weather station installed. I know. Isn't that interesting to see the way it works? This uh, lodge that we went to in North Georgia actually had one. We saw it. In Just the, like ours. Yes. And it was fascinating. To see. It tells you the outside temperature, the inside temperature, right? Mm -hmm. um, wind speed, wind I believe. Direction, wind direction. Both current and in the last few hours. Mm -hmm. What else? Um uh, Oh, rainfall, humidity, it's, it's very helpful. So we're looking forward to seeing that. And honestly, I'm not sure we can justify it from a production standpoint. It's just fascinating. I know, I know. It'll be, but sometimes I think it will come in handy with I our, do too. Uh, to, to know what our planting conditions Particularly are. Particularly when it relates to the wind. We've always said there's always a breeze at Longleaf Breeze, and you can never depend on the wind direction. I'm beginning to understand, I don't fully understand, but I'm beginning to understand that there is a pattern to the wind around here. Uh, it's mainly mm. from the north and mainly from the west during the winter. It's less so in the summertime. It is more variable in the summertime. So maybe we'll sort of figure that out with the help of the weather station. Right, to see what those trends are. But uh, and, and, of course, lately we've had some dry weather, which has been welcome after the soggy past year that we've had but um, now that we've planted some things and plan to plant more we are we will really appreciate those drip irrigation lines when we finally get those installed and that is still to come we have some shopping work to do and then we have some installation work to do and we'll probably need to hire a person to come and ditch for us for that right but we'll get it done and of course when we do that we need to make sure that we have all of the ditching work identified so that once that guy rolls that ditcher off the truck, we can get him to do everything at one time. Right, right. So, well, we had another addition last week. The laundry sink was installed. And Tim isn't came that in, nice? Oh, yes. Tim Ledbetter, our plumber. Came and put that in, and his son, um, 
and we really appreciate that because um, we have a very welcome guest coming next week, our grandson Smith, who, um, since we don't have a bathtub as yet in our abode, um, this laundry sink, which I'm keeping reserved for Smith and for laundry, very clean, um, is a place that he can have his baths when he's here with us. So, But it also, I've already really enjoyed having it right next to the washing machine, so when I need to rinse something out or rinse off my hands if, if I get detergent on them, it's, it's, um, it's a luxury. And that laundry, smith stri- uh, laundry sink strikes me as sort of like your corner of the apartment here in the pole barn. The less time I spend there, the happier you are. So <laughs> I'm trying to give that laundry sink a wide berth. Yeah. I mean, I'll certainly want to help with uh, Smith's baths when he's here, but um, in terms of routine use, I'm trying to give it a wide berth so it can be your sink and you can know that it's clean and ready well, to go. I appreciate that. Can I bring us up to date a little bit on the composting toilet? Oh, yeah. Toilet? I wish you would, yeah. Uh, we've been using it now for, I guess, about... Uh, four weeks, five weeks, something like that. And I can say with confidence, it really is helpful. I mean, I I like using the composting toilet as I've shared with you. And I think as I've talked about here on the podcast, once you've used a composting toilet, it's kind of hard to go back to flushing perfectly good nutrients into clean drinking water. It just doesn't feel right. So that part is working well. Uh, I guess the if there is an unpleasant surprise in it, and it's really not unpleasant, but it is something that I would like for you to know about in entering this composting toilet world, you fill up buckets fairly quickly. Um, I'm, I'm the only person using the composting toilet. Haven't been able to convince my beloved bride to do it yet, although I hope I will be able to soon. But just with one person's using it, We have, uh, let's see, four buckets full. I'm on the fifth now, and it's almost full. So I'm filling up a little more than a bucket a week with one person's use. But you do have, a lot of that matter that's in there is ash that you use for cover material, right? And and cover material. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost all (laughs) cover material. There's relatively little uh, human manure in there. Um, in relation to the cover material, the buckets are very light. They're easy to use because you know, easy to handle because they're um, mostly light cover material. So uh, it's just um, it's fairly pleasant to use. But I am going to end up emptying those buckets relatively often, and I'm okay with that. Right. So you were talking about a place to uh, to construct the composting pile or whatever. For what the, you and I are calling the human your house right. um, will need to be built. If we use Jenkins methodology, Joseph Jenkins, the author of Human Ear Handbook, which is available online, and I'll put a link to it on the show notes page. Um, Jenkins uses a three compartment house. He calls it the human your hacienda. <laughs> and his idea of it is a uh, uh, composting chamber on one side, a composting chamber on the other side, and a little chamber in the middle for cover material and tools and the rain barrel that he uses to catch the water off the little roof. 
Oh, okay. The roof covers only the uh, center chamber that has the cover material. Mm-hmm. He, ex- he encourages you to let the rain fall on the composting chambers on either side. Okay. My plan is to orient, as we have everything else, to orient that uh, humanure house east and west so that both chambers get good southern sun exposure. So I think the heat from the sun is part of what will help it um, compost well. And I've got a spot selected that's on the um, southeast of Veg Hill and accessible to tractor. Right. And we should point out that that will be downhill uh, from away from the vegetables. In other words, there's no way that that can <clears throat> be washed down into the planting area. It would be away from. Um, and you and others are very concerned about washing from the humanure house. Jenkins encourages us not to be. He says that the composting process drives off a lot of moisture, that whenever there is rain, the compost will soak it up and then some. So don't worry too much about drainage. However, we are planting, we are constructing it away from the, the vegetables. We just we need to make com- that clear. We are constructing it downhill from Veg Hill. Yeah, so that um, it's not. But it would be bad if it were to drain out. I mean, that, that would not be healthy for any anybody or anything. But I am not concerned about that. I think the the compost will soak up any moisture pretty right. easily. And we'll be reporting on that as we observe it, as we get it constructed and observe Absolutely. that process. So yeah. we'll and, let you know. Uh, that's not yet built. And here I have, you know, five buckets going on six. So uh, we've got to come up with a temporary solution for these six buckets. And you and I have identified a place here on Longleaf Breeze where we think we can build at least a temporary little pile right. that's out of the way on flat land that will decompose. Yes. Way smoothly. on the other side of the property, so you know yeah. we're we're good. Um, let's see. Next week we have a chance to welcome Joe and Michelle and Smith, and we hope maybe we can persuade them to put in an appearance here on the podcast. That would be great. Yes, I'd and love then to maybe do that. we'll be able to update you as well about the planting on Good Friday. On or around Good Friday. On or around Good Friday, we will let you know. So have a great week and happy Easter. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Or you can send us honest-to-goodness mail at P.O. Box 780446. Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. To browse our archive, to learn more about the farm and about Lee and Amanda, and to talk with other listeners, visit us at longleaffreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.